when are we gonna be a family again? From where I'm sitting, I'd say when the angels win the pennant. You stay out of trouble, son. in the dust <laughs> is there anything more disrespectful than just revving your motorcycle as you drive away from your kid that just wants to yeah. be with you yeah i was like what sorry sorry i can't hear you son see ya. Uh, motorcycles on see you next time bye see ya. See ya. <laughs> bye peace out dad dad i mean it's like my heart breaks thinking about that man my heart is already broken just thinking about poor little Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, maybe the kid sucks. I don't know. We had to grow. <laughs> you know, we had to raise him. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> you don't know both sides of the story. Did you talk to the dad? <laughs> you don't know both sides. This is uh, this is episode seventy-seven. <laughs> Angels in the outfield. As I flap my arms. You can find us on, on the web, lastrobepodcast.com, on Twitter at the Last Rope Pod, Facebook.com slash the Last Rope Pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, head out to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Thanks to a couple of people left us some five-star reviews this week. Thanks again. Huge shout out to everybody. Yeah, um, freaking uh, angels. Appreciate it. Angels at the microphone there. <laughs> angels lift, in the mic- lift, Lifted up this podcast. Chris, Christopher Lloyd just flew in yeah. and just hit that button. But uh, there's, yeah, no save, there's no saving us. There's no saving <laughs> us, Drew. It's, we back this week, 1994. What, what movie did we do here? 1994, Angels in the Outfield, directed by William Deere, D-E-A-R. That can't be real. Family slash fantasy slash baseball slash faith movie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. IMDb 6.3 out of 10. Mm, too high. Too high. Rotten Spanner 33%. That's too high. Too high. <laughs> Metacritic 44%. Too high. It's way too high. It, it pains me to say it. Yeah. It really does. It pains me to say it. Foster kid Roger loves the Anaheim Angels. First of all, it's the Los Angeles Angels, Drew. I know you're going to blame uh, where me Where did this? you get this synopsis from? I ask I, you every week where you get these synopsis from. My answer is never going to change. It's from, <laughs> it's from Google straight. Well, Google sucks. By the way, he doesn't look like a Roger to me. We'll get into that. No, he's not. Not even a Raj. A Rog? Right. A jur? Is he a jur? <laughs> Anaheim Angels. Los Angeles Angels, even though they are the worst team in the major leagues. His estranged dad promises to reunite the family if the Angels make it to the World Series. Did he promise, Drew? He, well, he promised. That was, that was an empty gesture right empty there. Empty gesture at best. Was. So Roger decides to ask for some divine help and prays that his favorite team will turn things around. This, up, movie's, this movie's ridiculous. Soon, a real angel named Al shows up in response <laughs> to Roger's prayers. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Al. <laughs> the angel. Al stole the, the angel. Because he stole the hat. That's he it. stole the hat. Uh, what if it was? What if his name was No? No. <laughs> Instead, Los Angeles's hopeless coach is shocked to see his team on a wing streak. Drew, can we can we that? 
Can we clickbait that? Yeah. <laughs> there are angels of the field and you'll be shocked at the results, Drew. You won't believe how, how Matthew McConaughey caught this ball. Now, you know what? Number four will blow your mind. Dude, you, you're the one that picked this movie. I was just going to come out and say it. And I did not, I didn't realize, like, it's been a long time since I've seen this. Like a yeah. really long time. And this movie has a, has a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. That's, oh, that's, yeah. that's all I'll say. This movie, this movie has aged like a fine beer, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> a fine beer. A fine beer. Yeah. I had no idea, by the way, that this was a remake of a 1951 movie focused on the pirates. Did you? No, Did you I, know that? I, I knew it was a remake. I never even like saw a clip of it or a, a smidgen of it or whatever. It probably is terrible. I don't know. Two, two taglines for this one. It could happen. It could happen. And you got to believe... Pretty generic, and I'm pretty sure they stole both of them. So I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Financials. Move on. Thirty-one million dollars for budget. Uh, did what they do you think the return was? Uh, fifty point two million. <laughs> How did you know? Of course, it's in the notes. <laughs> no, but like thirty-one million. I mean, is, was that the Angels? Like, what's I, the? What's you got to rent the their Angel budget. You got to rent the stadium, the Angels, I guess the special effects. I don't know if they used ILM at that time. I don't know how they did it. Christopher Lloyd maybe was getting paid a lot of money, although what? it's after Back to the Future. Yeah. So I don't know. He's not really in high demand at this point. I, I, I don't think he he was breaking the bank. But uh, what did you think of the the special effects real quick of the Angels? Did I it thought, hold up? How was I it? I thought they were cool. It's what I expected out of a movie from 1994. It didn't look awful. Like, I'd rather they do it that way. It, you yeah. know what it reminded me of? Ghostbusters, when they show the ghost. A little bit, Like, yeah. with the, the sure. light around them. Sure. I'd rather it be that than some crappy CG, like, Lawnmower Man. Like, yeah. it's much better, like, with so a the, halo glow. They put some money into it to make it look semi-decent, even to this day. And, uh, yeah. Fun fact, real quick, uh, a nonsensical fact. They actually filmed the baseball scenes in the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, really? Yeah, not factually. They did correct, not then. use the California A's stadium. I, I've, I've angels, angels. I'm sorry. Just thinking about this movie, I'm just gonna say this right here: for a Disney movie, and and a, this is a Disney movie. Yeah, this is a dark movie, even though it's about angels. Like I'm talking yeah. for a PG movie. Yeah. I was thinking, hey, maybe I should watch this with my daughter. I'm glad I did not. <laughs> Some adult themes. Sure. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's angels. They're playing baseball. Like, whatever. You know? And I, I feel like it just, for a Disney movie, like, one, it was pretty openly, you said faith. I guess it's not religious. Like, a Disney doesn't really do that anymore. No. There was smoking. There was cursing. Like, <laughs> there was, you know, people being mean and punching each other. Like, talks that of, doesn't really uh, happen anymore, death. right? Yeah. Like, do you, do you, I don't know. And then like the whole death and the dad thing, like the really bad father, which, you know, last row podcast, Colin will get into that later. Bad father of the year. It was pretty bad. Like, I don't know. You know, we usually save this at the end, but let me just ask you here. Like, was this movie good? Did you like it? Did you enjoy watching it? Yes. I I was, that's, that's why it's so weird because I enjoyed watching it, but it was not good at all. And do you think that maybe we look back on it fondly because of yeah. our nostalgia goggles. I, I feel like this is definitely a product of nostalgia. Like there are certain movies that transcend nostalgia. Like these, these types of movies, these family movies that are aimed at kids or young, young, young teenagers that are only good to the time that they were in. And, and we, we as adults bring them with us and hold them up. 
And I think this is one of those movies where it's kind of a piece of crap. Like, honestly, like I hate to say it, it's not very good at all. Yeah. But we look back and we think fondly and like, we haven't seen this movie in decades. Go back and watch it. Of course, like I was entertained by it, but I wasn't blinded to the fact that, yeah, this is one of the bad ones. And the story's kind of all over the place too. It's, yeah. I don't know. You look back on like little giants, like, I don't know. I kind of, yeah, sort of that, in the same category. Sort no, but of. that I think that's one of the good ones. That's one where a kid today could appreciate Little Giants. Whereas I think if you showed uh, a kid born in, I don't know, if a kid was born in 2012 and you showed him this movie today, they'd probably be falling asleep or wanting to watch something else 20 minutes in. Yeah, know? and I think, I don't know, maybe it's 90s baseball that's like, Baseball, like, I'm just yeah. be on the record, like, I'm not the biggest baseball fan around, and, like, 90s baseball to me is, like, even more boring. I don't know, it just seems yeah. like maybe that, and the movie was, it's hard to describe because it was about these angels doing stuff, but it was also more about the kid, so it wasn't yeah, outright it was, a baseball movie. It, it was It was Joseph Gordon-Levitt just being, like, depressed for 90 minutes, wasn't Which it? Which is sad, I feel bad, yeah. like, I felt bad watching it like especially yeah. i mean you heard it in the beginning right the dad is like yeah. i mean <laughs> it's been through the rare man let's, let's just talk about that let's just jump right into it All like right. roger joseph gordon levitt you know one of the few child actors that seems to have been able to transcend the yeah <laughs> transcend his career and make it. it let's talk about roger and his situation he lives in this temporary foster home with this angel herself maggie like a real life angel oh yeah who's taking care of these kids and she has a license for what is like a six month or less type placement is what she said that was a and she, <laughs> she she takes care of these kids until they get actually placed right so he's he's in this place because his dad dumped him off there like sure. what what <laughs> is the speculation because they believe, said his mom died but tell believe, me more about this i believe the quote was well, your mom died, and I, you know, I couldn't take care of you. You know the situation. Like that was the quote. <laughs> you know, you get he it. He said to his eight-year-old, "I'm gonna say he's eight. Uh, he might be older. I'm thinking this kid's eight. It's right? Like, you, you get it. Yeah, you get, you get it. it. You get what it. Do you, like, does he get it? I don't think he gets it. Do you think? How do you think his mom died? And was this? Yeah. Were they like a good family before his mom died? Like, give me the lowdown so, of what you think. So the situation yeah, I, was. I like to I like to think about what what was and what could have been right in these types of movies. So I'm thinking that. The the mom and the dad either had to have been on the outs or they were already divorced, right? Yeah. And the mom was a really good mom. Otherwise, the kid would be messed up, right? Well, that's the thing with that impressed kind of me dad, the most. With this kind of dad. That's right? the thing that impressed yeah. me the most about him for typical tropes in a movie. Like you even saw one of the other kids in the foster care. Like I didn't know how long he had been with Maggie. It was probably less than a year based on the fact that she had the six month thing. But he was a really like, fundamentally it seemed like he was raised well and that dad yeah. certainly did not raise him no. based on how they showed that so <laughs> like, i'm thinking the mom herself was a saint yeah she she died tragically like say car accident or maybe quick maybe sickness cancer maybe cancer six months or less to live that kind of thing and the dad was like when she died unexpectedly the dad was like whoa whoa kid can't live here what are you talking about I never thought about the idea that maybe they were already divorced. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because the, the, dad, the dad got a letter in the mail saying, hey, your child's mother is now deceased. You are to have now have sole custody of young Roger. And he goes, 
Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? They missed a prime opportunity for his mom to be one of the angels. Didn't they? Yeah, well, like, that, why that, didn't they do that? That would have been a little heavy handed because, no, 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 no. Because the reason the angels are there is because he wished upon a star that the angels would the pennant to get back with the dad. And the mom That's would true. not have wanted that. Yeah, she's not going to be an angel for that. <laughs> she would have blocked. She would have been swatting fly balls away from the angels. I'm telling Dude, you. Dude, that's, you know, that's why they're, maybe they're not really angels here. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that's why I get paid the mid bucks to uh, be in the movie biz because you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I suss these things out. I, I think the other thing that I was surprised that they didn't take the angle on was that Maggie was like the actual like head of the angels because she's a real life angel taking care of these kids. And maybe it yeah. could have been that she was summoning them on his yeah. behalf. Like I thought that would have been a cool angle. I was surprised they didn't take that. Yeah. They could have, because like, what do you, what do you mean? Like at the end of the movie, like she like flies yeah. up into heaven or something or like, like she that glowed or something, yeah. or maybe she winked or so, something that they could have done. Can an maybe angel like, owe a home, like let alone a foster home. Is that no, because, because then after they all moved out, right. Yeah. The home would have disappeared. And oh, it's the like, home. Uh, you know what I mean? That wasn't really yeah. there at all. And she Did, was just an angel taking care of them. There we go. See, we already like, improved the movie right I there. I like it. I like it. Tell Re- me, but, reboot. Let's tell me more it. about this dad because Dude, like, he, I want to know your thoughts. What did How bad we say? of a dad is this guy? What, what did we say during, uh, I believe it was the day after tomorrow? The next time we run into a bad dad in a movie because it's such a trope that we're going to have to create the bad father barometer. Yeah, I so, think you need to do it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's about this time. guy, first of all, it's like if the it's like a checklist of like actions that this guy just like knocks everyone out of the park. Is does he smoke? Does yes. he drive a motorcycle? Does he have a leather jacket? Did he break a promise? And if so, how many? Does he show up unannounced? <laughs> does <laughs> what, he show what, up unannounced to to disown his yeah, son? Yeah. Was he quote unquote coming to get you, but not this time, son? I'm sorry. Timing just didn't work out. And was he divorced or just separated? And or does he have a girlfriend on the side who is yeah. not mother material? This guy definitely has a girlfriend. He might have three for all we know. I mean, this guy checks seven of the seven of the eight boxes, man. Do you think now let me ask you this? Do you think that there was any scenario where the guy was kind of Felt bad. He knew what he was doing, but he felt bad no. about it. Like he looked like he had some remorse. He was embarrassed. Sense. He was embarrassed because he's a failure. Well, that's but true. He didn't feel. I don't think he felt bad for the kid. If he felt bad for the kid, he'd make it work, right? Like he just needed to clean his hands of this situation. Yeah. And, he just, and just kind of it's move like on. it's like a it's like a meeting that you're not looking forward to at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, what he that's what he equates this to. He's got to. I got to go through that meeting, and then I'll once be it's over, once that motorcycle drives off into the sunset, he's free until the next <laughs> meeting that he's dreading in like I three years from now. I can't hear like a motorcycle driving away now and not think about him just like blowing smoke <laughs> at this Drew, kid. Every motorcycle driving away is a father leaving his son. <laughs> it's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> every single one. <laughs> it's pretty messed up, and I'll be honest, like. This is one of the worst fathers that I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't physically abusing him by any means, but like, this is messed up. This kid's like a nice a, kid. He's like an Ethan Hawke freaking uh, knockoff. You ever see, uh, what was that? What was that movie where the Richard Linklater? Oh, Boyhood? Boyhood. Yeah. He was like Ethan, Ethan Hawke's Hawk character, sort of good. But, but like the worst versions of all yeah. of it. You know? well, what about the other dude that was like the abuser? That guy's bad in that too. That you know we can't do that movie. Well, that that's the worst. worst father no, that's the podcast. worst kind of father. That's the worst <laughs> father. Yeah. 
but I think, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but this guy, this guy is pretty messed up. And you know, and throughout the show, like, or throughout the movie, like, they're like we joked about, he showed up to court unannounced yeah. so that he could, he could basically give up his, his rights to his, his parenthood, right? Yeah. If, if, if he had it his way, he could have, we would have been in and out of there and out the back door. So he'd have to see the kid. He was trying to sneak in. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe he felt embarrassed about the situation. He felt bad doing it. I and mean, that's why he didn't want to see him. Cause he like, the way that, and I'll give Joseph Gordon, Joseph Gordon Levitt some credit here. I thought he was actually a pretty good actor for a kid. Like the way that he looked excited to see his dad, and then he was like, yeah. oh, like he was just crushed." You I hope that he, you bad. hope that he did, hope that he didn't practice that in real life. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that really messes no, you up. But I was gonna say, Joseph Gordon Levitt to me, it looked like he was about to cry throughout the whole movie. Yeah, he, he had has like that a, kind of look. He had that, like a pouty face on him the whole movie. I don't know if that's just his face or if that was like a character thing. He sort of, he sort of, he sort of has that face today, I guess, yeah. sort of <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, he did a pretty good job playing that. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah. That kid and that, that child actor. Let's talk a little bit about the rest of kind of what's going on here. He says, oh, you know, once the, the angels win the pennant, you know, Maybe we'll become be a, a family, family again. again. Yeah. A total empty promise, empty promise, empty gesture. Why is it the empty gesture? Because this team is one of the worst teams in, you know, movie sports history. Bubbling, They're awful. Bubbling is the is the is the term I would use. We didn't get their actual record, but we know that they were in last place as of the All Star break, and they were a bunch of bums. I mean, it was that much was pretty clear after they lost, and and Danny Glover basically threw the chair and and flipped out. Worse than the Indians in Major League, it seemed, right? Absolutely. They were really, really bad. You got a bunch of guys. I'm going to go through some of these, and I want to get your take on them. You got Mel Clark, the squeakiest of clean, (laughs) washed up. like So washed up that he's squeaky clean, Drew. (laughs) He's in the bathtub. He's in the bathtub. (laughs) He's in the bathtub. He's got the soap. (laughs) So washed up that, let's be serious, he's going to die in six months. That's how washed (laughs) up he is. That's how washed up he is. He's so, we made that... (laughs) We made that uh, comment when we did our Rookie of the Year episode, episode 41. Go back and listen to it. Mel Clark, this this pitcher, he's been around. He played with with Danny Glover's character back in, in Cincinnati when when he was managing him there. Does he have it anymore? Does he no, have it? No. He doesn't. <laughs> like, and, the, and the manager knows it. And I think deep down he knows it too. He's fooled himself. I I I I I think we got to let the listeners know that like we use that washed up joke in oh, our yeah. like everyday vernacular. And yeah. it's like, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Get the detergent out. He's so washed. It's just my favorite joke is that he's so washed up. He's clean. And like, just for anybody who's washed up in any field of life. I, I'll tell you what, Tony Danza played a washed up like guy who's maybe an ex smoker is probably going to die. Like he looked like the part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looked the part, you know, I mean, he, 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 he put the grunt he, down. He had those like well-timed, like coughing fits, like yeah. pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> it was the, the foreshadowing and, the, yeah. and they had the Chet Stedman, the grunt, like the, yeah. <gasps> like every time he threw a and, pitch. Like, I got to say, like they didn't train this dude very well to no. look like a major league pitcher. Did they drew? No, I was going to ask you, what did you think of him as as an actual pitcher? Did yeah, you no, him? he just looked like he was playing catch, like he had the little side step move. I don't know, maybe that, maybe it was like a pitchers were a little less flashy back in the early nineties. Nineties, like, right? No, but he looked like he's just throwing a ball. Like he did not to Play me catch. did not to me look like a major leaguer with any kind of actual windup. 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't buying it, but I, I liked him, but I wasn't buying him as but the as the. maybe pitcher. it's the motion of a guy with a shot arm who's yeah. like <laughs> just doing whatever he can to get the ball over the plate at 84 miles an hour. I mean, they did call him a noodle arm at one point because yeah. he's got like the Peyton Manning. So like, in that respect, last, in that respect, maybe it's a, maybe career. it's a good motion. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like the best acting. You yeah. got Daniel Day-Lewis over there. Yeah. What about, uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey's like early debut on film yeah. here besides Days and Confused? Ben Williams, center did, fielder. Did he have a line in this movie, Drew? He had a couple, I think. I don't remember was, him speaking. Did he I have a he, did he have a thick Texas accent or no? No. I don't they, even remember. They asked him what it felt like when somebody was helping him catch that crazy ball. And I think he said, oh, it was like somebody lifted me up. And th- I think that was about it. Yeah. He didn't say much at all. He was just standing around shirtless. And It was you know, so weird seeing him in the movie and like having nothing to do other than just like be like in action scenes, you know? I mean. It's like it's like babyface McConaughey. It's like you're diamond in the rough. Nobody knew. He nobody was. Knew. He was a diamond in the rough. It's like, yeah. you know, the back in the Brad Pitt days when he's, yeah. you know, doing, was it Thelma and Louise or whatever it was? It's yeah. Then you had Adrian Brody, Danny Hammerling, who's yeah. basically a backup infielder or something. Yeah. He was like the comic relief bum of the team that he took swings that, you know, little leaguers would never even <laughs> would make fun of him over, you know? But again, like, I was surprised that Adrian Brody was old enough to play an adult. At, in a 1994 movie, like I thought, he, he was a lot, a lot younger than this. He looks like me. a baby face in this, yeah. and and he was sort of like the, I don't know, the guy that maybe shouldn't have been on the team, but he was happy to be there. He was, you know, yeah, for sure. I liked him in that role, and then you had the catcher, Trisket Mesmer, too fat to be a major leaguer. Come on, yeah, you can't he be that was. Big. He can't looked like big, an Drew. NFL lineman, is what he looked like. <laughs> you for can't real. be. Uh, you can't be that big and be a major leaguer, Drew. Come on, have some respect. Scarfing out salami in the in the in the, <laughs> did, in the in the locker room, <laughs> and then you had Neil McDonough who played Wit Bass or Wit Bass, Wit Bass, the pitcher. I'm gonna go with Bass. He had the full mouth, the big league chew, probably three packs. This guy, he was chewing. by the way, if you guys don't know who Neil McDonough is, he's that guy. In a lot that of guy movies. from that thing. He's, I mean, he's a lot he's, of that guys. He plays a bad, plays, plays a good bad cop, dirty cop. Plays a great dirty cop. Um, I don't know, Drew. These guys, aside from Whit Bass, who had a thing, right? Like he was kooky. Yeah, that wind up the. Uh, uh, yeah, and he was like a, it was like a goofball, right, in the locker room. Yeah, none of these guys had any kind of like real personality, right? I. That's why I mean, I was struggling it's to just bland. these names on here. Yeah. Even Mel Clark, like when you look at you know He's rookie like, of the year, Chet Stedman was yeah. a much bigger part of the. He's movie. no Chet Stedman. Right, I'll Jack tell you Stedman what. Is, if is if uh, if if Roger was not in a foster home and the mother was alive, right, right, then Mel Clark would definitely be the one dating his well, that, mother. That's that one thing, thing I was going to ask yeah. you, and I didn't know where it fit within here. Did you think this was better with with a love story or without a love story? Because it, really, every movie has a love story these days. Yeah. At least back in the '90s, too. Like there wasn't one in here. Well, you couldn't have a love story. It's either love story or foster home. So you have I mean, to pick you, one. You could have foster home and Danny Glover falling in love yeah. with Maggie, and then they yeah. open like you know maybe that's where yeah. it would go. But they didn't seem compatible. Like I don't know, she uh, didn't seem like she liked him very much. I don't know. Like you, like they don't want to. They don't want to do the love story with like people over fifty. Yeah, and that's true. kind of it's kind <laughs> of uh, that's kind of age ageist. I would say that's true. It is or ageist of Hollywood. And then no. and then you would get, you know, a different different audience in there. It's like it's yeah. not for the parents, it's for the kids. I don't know, Drew. I think we should just skip over these dudes. They're they're, they're scubs. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think that really, you know, you compare this to other movies. I think when you look at Major League or you look at Rookie of the Year, the team had a much bigger impact on the story itself. Yeah. And this, I mean, there's a bunch of other guys that we didn't even mention, but they're just kind of whatever. And it, Mel Clark, even him, he's the best guy in the movie, I think. But I think it really centers around George Knox, who's Danny Glover's character, yep. and and kind of how he manages the team. And let me just start by saying this. like I'm not feeling mustacheless Danny Glover here. It's I'm weird. just not feeling it. it. Is he weird. looks really yeah. weird to me, and I don't like it. It's like <laughs> when I saw my dad shave his mustache for, for after 30 years. I, I didn't like it. It was Didn't like it scare the hell out of you. He didn't look like himself. He looked like a different yeah. person. But what do you think of him? What do you think of his managing style? So he's Dude. definitely a, a, a hot personality. This guy... He's got to be a terrible manager. Like, one of the worst I've ever seen in movies. First of all, <laughs> very he bad. fought a dude on the mound, right? Yes, his own so, player. Yeah, his own player. Which, by the way, that player would be out of the league yeah. for, the, for those types of shenanigans. But still, like, started a brawl, right? Then he punched a member of the media, right? Mm-hmm. And then he... Started taking lineup advice from a kid who said he saw angels. <laughs> True. <laughs> he was making his subs because an eight-year-old said so. Hey, man, he had nothing yeah. else, nothing left, right, after that. Yeah. It's like they were so bad, he might as well. He complained to the owner that, quote, no one can win with these bums, which is like, <laughs> That that is just admitting to your boss that you can't do your job. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. absolutely. I mean, but he asked them to. He asked the guy to trade him away, but he would have less. Who's he yeah. going to get if they're that yeah. bad of players? Are they going to get draft picks? It's like Cash no, you concessions? can't. You can't trade twenty six, Drew. You trade one, and that's the manager. You get rid of the manager. Yeah, it's it's his fault that they suck. It's his fault. I'm going to say it. It's his fault. But did he seem like a big get though? Because let me and let me ask you this: because in the conversations when he was asking them to trade him away. The owner who, yeah, again, we'll get into that later. The owner here, who seemed like a just an idiot, in my opinion. Yeah, oh yeah. He was like, oh, I brought you here, you know, to win games. I brought you here for this. You know, he punched, you said a member of the media, but you could, technically, couldn't you call him like a team official? Because he is sure. the, the uh, spokesperson, basically the radio personality. Yeah, he's kind it's of like, part of the team, yeah. It's like Harry Callis yeah. or, you know, whoever, right? Harry Carey, whoever it may be. Yeah, yeah, whoever it was, or or you know, Vin Scully, all those guys. Yeah, the the major type announcer guys. I would assume that this guy is because he was famous. Sure. We'll talk to him. We'll talk about him in a second. But we'll get to him know, later. It seemed <laughs> it seemed like a ridiculous situation. He punched him. He got like a three thousand dollar fine. That's it. Like even back in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, there's no suspension. Nothing. Yeah. If the team's bad, they're they're in last place. Open revolt. Fight starting within the team. He's punching dudes left and right. The manager's <laughs> gone. This is if this were this were baseball. This guy's gone, man. Guys like, oh, you know, get get it and, together, Ag. Yeah. you here to win. And then he's telling Mel Clark, uh, really scumbag scene where basically <laughs> was shoving pain pills down his throat in Cincinnati, <laughs> and then blaming him for doing it because quote unquote, I'm not the one who who forced you to swallow. It was it's Bud like, Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, very Bud Kilmer esque. And then he's like, oh, I shipped you off. And I didn't think I'd see you again. Well, now I'm stuck with you. This, this is not a good guy, Drew. This is no, not a good a bad guy. bad person. And he's I'm a sorry. very bad person. Not, just a bad manager and a bad person. Not cursing and, you know, talking to an eight-year-old kid is not going to turn you around into, yeah. like, somebody who's now a saint 
And, yeah. and maybe just winning doesn't do that either. There's no and way in hell. He's complaining that the announcer, uh, what's his name? Van Wilder? What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Ranch Wilder. Ranch, same, honestly, Drew, same difference. It's like four o'clock. What do you, what do you, want, from what do you want from me? Uh, oh. Said he took him, said he took really him out early. and ruined his career, but like, do we believe him, Drew? No, I think. Maybe yes. that's his interpretation of the events, but again, he's a bad guy. He's twisting, twisting people's words you know, around, twisting thoughts around, twisting memories. You know what that's called? It's called delusional, man. It's, it's what called, it is. Yeah. I and, think and, he's got a messed yeah. up memory of what uh-huh. actually happened. I know Ranch Wilder, don't call me Van, isn't that great of a person either for a variety <laughs> no, of reasons. No, there's a lot of bad people in this movie, Drew. I mean, he was oogling women through the binoculars, like in a children's <laughs> movie, which is also another thing that we, like, in a Disney yeah. movie, it's very yeah. odd. Oh, yeah. So you know, he's he's flipping off the microphone for his his co-host or whatever. It, it just seemed like a really weird situation. But I don't I don't think that Danny Glover's character George Knox is a good person. I think he's an awful manager. He should have been fired. I don't care what success he had in Cincinnati. Yeah. It, it didn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. what about his management decisions? Like you, you mentioned, he's a bad manager too. Tell me about what you think. You're you're a bigger baseball fan than me, so you know what is a good decision and what isn't. You kind of mentioned like taking advice from an eight year old. Yeah. What else did you see from him that would have made you say, "Man, what the hell is this guy smoking?" So like skipping to the championship game or like the the last game to like to win the division, there was a like he knew that the Angels weren't coming. Like that, that was a fact. The Angels were not coming. They're going to win this game on their own. And he's got Mel Clark's noodle arm out there for what they said was 156 pitches in the ninth <laughs> inning. Why is he still in the game? <laughs> and this There's was no before reason. and this was before Christopher Lloyd told the poor eight-year-old kid that Mel has cancer. We probably shouldn't take him out of the game. Let him have oh this God. one. It was before all this all this all this was known. <laughs> hey man, he had the jacket on the arm. He kept it warm at least. Oh yeah, he kept yeah. it warm. He kept it real warm. 156 <laughs> pitches, I swear. No wonder that he's stuffing pain pills down his throat in Cincinnati, Drew. <laughs> He Jesus been, Christ. <laughs> they should have been juicing him up in the back, too. You could imagine me yelling at the TV if I were watching a baseball game and the manager Why left Philly's pitcher in? in for 160 pitches. <laughs> and he was just barely getting it over the plate. Why is he still in? I don't know. I believe in him. I just want to like, believe in him. Is, is he the op- opposite of what was it? Gabe, Gabe Kapler? Yeah, he's the opposite of Gabe Kapler. He's, <laughs> he's the anti-Kapler. He would basically pull guys. Let's take Aaron Nola out after number. 80 pitches, even though he's dominating. Yeah, let's take him out because analytics says so. He saw angels in the bullpen. He saw them. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Like, I don't know much about baseball, but I know that that's ridiculous too. It's like, it's just ridiculous because I, I mean, we're in the Philly area, right? So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I watch baseball casually, but hearing all that stuff and people were so mad about that, like, and it's just like arbitrarily taking people out because of some number. That the they Philly, hit, like, tell you what, the Phillies fans would love George Knox as a head coach, <laughs> as a manager. Let me tell you that. Well, let, let me say this like, is, is, this, is this absurd to say? Because you know baseball better than me, but is baseball a sport where you can't really look at analytics because it doesn't really. Like for stuff like that, I don't know that analytics is going to help you, right? Isn't it based on feel? Like some guys have yeah, it, some guys I, I don't. I think that I think you'll probably find that half the teams use analytics and half the teams use gut feeling. It depends on the type of manager you have. And, I, and I know analytics. Front office you have. 
and I know analytics are a huge part, like when we talk about Moneyball, like I'm not saying yeah. like like roster moves and stuff like that. Right. That's different. I guess I'm saying like something like that. Yeah, substitutions. Maybe I'm dumb. Substitutions is very old school. It's very a lot of the a lot of the decisions are gut feeling. Yeah. Like I think they have stat guys like to like offer their opinion, but I think right. they're routinely blown off. But I don't think for, they're going to be gut like, feelings. you know, where it's like a Doug Peterson going for it on fourth and one because it's, you know, 76%. Yeah. Like, I don't no, I don't know. It's I not think, as much as I, that, right? I actually think Gabe Kapler, if we're talking about Philly, very much uses analytics, like, to a fault. And that's probably why he got shit canned. Yeah. And now he's in San Francisco now. And who knows? I don't know if they're doing well or not. They're, yeah. Whatever. But I, yeah, I think it's it's a gut feeling type of sport, even to this day, more so than analytics. I mean, Danny Glover seems like the type of guy that if he wasn't working for this this but, this guy, the owner, he'd have been fired easily. But I, yeah, but again, he has no gut feelings. He's taking advice from a kid who's <laughs> seeing ghosts on the field, Drew. <laughs> I mean, do you, That's all he's got. We didn't talk, we'll, we'll talk about the Angels in another section, but... Do you think that Danny Glover is also a jerk for using these kids as a good luck charm? Because he yes. doesn't he doesn't see the angels himself. Yeah, he puts them in the seats right by the dugout and he's like, Oh, give me a signal when we when you see an angel so I know what to do. It's like flap your arms. Just using them, man. It's it's pretty messed and up. He's, and he's like making them watch all the games. It's like make sure you stay by the phone on road games. It's like these yeah. kids these kids have jobs. Are they getting paid, Drew? So I don't know. Again, let me ask you another non I'm an amateur when it comes to baseball. I know you can pick up the phone and call, you know, the bullpen and all that stuff, but yeah. can he take outside calls? In I don't the, think so. That, that's that's it. That's it. Like it's that's an inline phone line there. That that's, that phone only goes to the bullpen, Drew. That's what I mean. That's like, a violation of baseball rules. I wasn't thinking in in baseball. Isn't it very traditional? Like yeah. you're going to break the rules, you're pretty messed up. It's like yeah. stealing signs and stuff. Like it's kind of messed up and. I was imagining, like, I laughed my ass off when he's like, yeah, you know, make sure you stay by the phone. I'll call you on the road games. I'm like, this guy's a cheater, man. Yeah. He's, making he's the kids, cheating. Making the kids, I swear to God, man, making them stay up late. You know, those kids go to bed at probably 10, 10, 30. Put an asterisk next to their name as they win this this pennant and, and start to champagne over nothing. It's cheating. But it's cheating. Let, let me ask you about his relationship with the media relations guy, David <laughs> Montaigne, Montagne. I'll tell you, the only thing I have to say about this guy is, is that he is like, he is Fred Armisen's brother, isn't he? Or, or father <laughs> I, or something. I, I know this this actor. This actor is famously, I'm a huge Kirby Enthusiasm fan, as I know you are. He's the guy that is the restaurant waiter that Larry gets into a fight with over taking food over home with a dog. Taking food home for a dog. To feed Spec- to the dog. You can't feed it to the dog. <laughs> Coincidentally, his name is Davide. In that. Davide. But what is this guy's actual job? Like, he turns into a babysitter, but what was he actually hired to do? I think he's like a PR guy. He's media relations. He and only did a little bit of PR in the beginning where he basically yeah. helped them take a photo. That was it, right? Well, that's the thing. I, I, somehow, some way that uh, Danny Glover is his boss or is responsible for hiring or firing this guy. So like he's, he has the authority to fire him or something. I don't understand why. This, this dude got... So he can tell him what to do. This dude got used and abused. I mean, he basically... <laughs> he basically was the babysitter of the kids as Danny Glover was using them as his lucky rabbit's foot. Good luck charm. Yeah. He got mustard stains on his linen suits. He got nachos up his ass. Like he sat on there. (laughs) Is it, is it fair? I'm just realizing this now. Is it fair to say that his seeds are the only seeds that were like naturally funny? Oh, I actually was laughing. I was laughing very hard. I'm trying to think of other comedic, uh, instances within this movie, and I'm not struggling to remember any besides guy scenes involving this guy and the slapstick humor. 
Yeah, because even even the one pitcher, the guy Neil McDonough or whatever, Whip Bass, Whip Bass. I wasn't really laughing at him like no. I would have laughed at Brickma from from Rookie of the Year. He's not a comedic actor. He is a that guy, dirty cop type of actor. Yeah, he'll play I a just, firefighter. Maybe I could see him. He played Damian Dark in the Arrow show back in the day on go. CW. That was there another thing where I saw him, and I just. I couldn't see him as as really much of anything else, but this guy was actually pretty funny. I thought he did a good job. He had that straight face, like seemed constantly well, annoyed. Fred Armisen got it from somewhere, man. It's like this. this <laughs> the, every, every time I saw that guy, it was like I thought it was the SNL skit. It just messed it up at the ballpark. But what what would you do if you had to take care of these kids? Like, I, why couldn't he just quit the job? He was like, "Oh, you got to fire me by Friday." Can you just quit, <sighs> Drew? If I have kids, like I would be the deadbeat dad, Drew. So. <laughs> You'd be riding your motorcycle? Yeah, I'd get the leather jacket and the motorcycle. Like, I'd, I'd be lighting up cigarettes in other people's you homes. Lived apart. That's you what live. I'd be doing. <laughs> Let's talk about Ranch Wilder for a second. So, great name, by the way. Yeah. Played magnificently by J.O. Sanders. J.O. The triumphant return after he he was on The Day After Tomorrow a couple episodes ago. He's got a contract. friend. Drew, he's got a contract. He can't be fired. I mean, I've got so a contract. is he an official of the team? Tell me about how baseball announcing works. Is he actually part of the team? Is he a media member? Yeah. What is yeah. this? I feel like if you're if you're the play by play announcer of the team of the radio station, you are a part of the team. Like I feel like you'd get a World Series ring. You get the ring. You get the ring. Like you're part of the team. Yeah. Are you an employee of the team? Because he's not on like NBC. It's it's the team's radio station. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's an employee of the team. They're, it's all affiliated, but. He's also like writing articles and journal journal. Is he a journalist? And he's, he's doing asking, video too. He's asking hard hitting questions. And I feel like this is like, this is a job that's all rolled into one to where it's like, he kind of has his own thing going on. He he does. And he has this weird antagonistic relationship with George Knox. So the little bit of backstory on Ranch Wilder is that he was a former player who, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, George Knox blames for ruining his career just as he was getting good, which sounds like a total excuse, in my yeah. opinion. Sounds sucks. like delusions. He sucks just as bad as George Knox does. They both suck together. But the question then, he turned into the Angels manager, and then he got Weird. fired, yeah. and then he became the team announcer? No. How, how realistic no. is that scenario? Because it doesn't seem like it would be right to me. Yeah, I feel like the manager would never turn into the radio announcer for the team. It's like former players do that, not former managers. Well, normally like the main broadcaster, you need to have some type of like, doesn't it take years of broadcasting experience sure. to become that? Like yeah. you need to be the play-by-play guy for sure. And also like if you got fired from being manager, there's got to be like a vendetta. It's like, why A, why would he want to do the job? And B, yeah. why would they want him? He's probably got bad blood. He's going he's to talk you shit. You fire somebody, you want them as far away from yeah. your company as possible. You don't want them being an employee. Like, <laughs> oh, we're going to fire you. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll hire you back as the announcer. We're there, yeah. the public speaking yeah. voice yeah. of yeah. your team. Sorry we fired you. Please be the public spokesperson to our team. <laughs> <laughs> which, which clearly does not work out for yeah. them because he's in the booth actively rooting against them. It's like he's hate-watching the team. Yeah. And and it's it's crazy, and actually, so are all the fans in in the in the stands too. It's like that guy with the beer cup, who they were sitting next to. It's like they were just having these basically moments. It was the Randy Quaid thing. We're like, oh, they'll blow it. Yep. It's it just made no sense to me. But let me ask you this: there isn't really a true villain in this movie, so maybe 
can we put Branch Wilder through the villain scale? I, I mean, don't know if it can be done. We can put it through. We can put it through it, but it's, he's going to score pathetically. But is sure. he, is it worth it? Let's try it. We'll do it okay. super quick. Super quick. So Ranch Wilder, his look and his style. What, what's your what's your take? He's got a one. He has no ponytail. He's kind of balding. I'm got g- a big chin. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going one too. Yeah. His hideout and his lair. <laughs> sure. What is what is his hideout? The, the he's got the booth. The broadcast <laughs> booth is, is his hideout. They didn't show his house, but yeah. I would imagine a guy like that has like a swanky apartment. Yeah. He probably swanky has like condo. an awesome, he's like, got a condo. crazy place. Yeah. I don't know. It's got to be a one, right? Got a I one. Mean, it's, yeah. It's one. Or a zero. Yeah. <laughs> What's his plan for domination? Uh, just to sully the name of the... Is is he really like up against Knox or the team? What do you think? It, it was unclear to me. It seemed like he was up against Knox, but as a result, it was bleeding over into the team. But maybe they've been so bad for so long, and he's mad about being fired that he just is is like sour on them. I'm in gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's solely against Knox. And if he gets Knox fired, he's gonna consider it mission accomplished and then become a better announcer. So I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna give his plan a three. You're giving him a three. I'm gonna give him a three <laughs> for plan because he was doing a decent job. And I'm he's, giving him a he two. He sussed out the angel nonsense, so like he kind of got somewhere. <laughs> He was hard-hitting investigative yeah. journalism. He, yeah. he talked to that kid, man. He, he talked found to the source. The, he talked to the five-year-old. Yeah. He found the source. <laughs> what about uh, his henchmen? Did he have any? Did he have muscle? Is he a sub-boss? Did I mean, he have uh, any yeah, I mean, his booth mate definitely was not a henchman. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that guy was weak. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to go one there. One. I'd be zero if I could. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so he has a one six man, One-man gang. He's got one-man gang. <laughs> And he had that the the statistician, um, yeah. the lady that was helping him out with the stats too. She was she's just doing she's job. doing her job. <laughs> I mean, so just I've like just a, like just like the people helping out Bison, though. I mean, she has some she she's yeah. got some culpability. She's DJ on the switchboard yeah. over there, just punching punching buttons. Yeah. So you gave him a six, and I gave him a five. Total week. That's actually better than I expected, but yeah, it's pathetic. not awful. Pathetic. So he's not he's really a villain. Not a true this. villain. Not a true villain. Let's move on. We, we can't talk about this movie and not talk about the angels. Get themselves. to the angels, Drew. We're like, you know, an hour in here. And we haven't even talked about the angels yet. So the whole plot around this revolves around Joseph Gordon-Levitt making this wish upon a star and Christopher Lloyd flies out of the heavens to, to, to really save him and, and help him reunite with his family. They don't say it's his actual dad or what's going to happen with that. How many angels are actually in this? Movie? Wait, 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 wait! They didn't say if it was going to be his dad or what will happen. Are you talking about like reanimation of the dead mom? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the. <laughs> that what what kind way. of dark movie is this, Drew? I mean, it is a dark movie. I'm talking yeah. more about the Danny Glover thing that happens at the end there because okay, he gets okay, a family. Okay, okay, okay. He gets a family. Oh shit! It did come true. It's, it came true, right? I didn't it think of that. True. It came true. That was the whole thing, shit. but. There wasn't that many angels in this movie. No, not as many as I remembered, right? Are you disappointed? Like I, was, I was very disappointed and frankly shocked. Like how many how many scenes of angels were there, Drew? Like five, six? Five, like they should have called it five angels in the outfield. Yeah, it was like a couple games. Like I know that they were like, there was a montage where they blew over a large portion of the season where they but started winning. But they didn't winning, show what But they happened. didn't show. Like, what, like that's why when I talk about this movie not being good, it's like, the whole thing was very depressing with the kid, but the actual feel-good like moments, the angels or, or the actual baseball being played, was very minimal. Yeah, they right? they kind of blew over it, didn't yeah. they? I mean, what? So tell the listeners if you have if you haven't seen this movie, you probably have no idea what the hell we're talking about. But 
the Angels come and they assist the players yeah. on certain key plays. So the way it works is only Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character can see the Angels. And if he sees an Angel next to a player, that means that that player basically has a stat boost, for lack of a better word. Let's get the turbo. He's going to be able to bash the ball or you know make a spectacular catch. Or sometimes the spectacular catch comes spontaneously. And really, that's all there is to it. So there wasn't enough of it in the movie, I felt. No, there wasn't. I mean, you could probably, we could probably rattle them off right now. There's the Matthew McConaughey catch, which he did basically a double jump. There was the 19 infield errors thing where the ball was bouncing around all over the place because Christopher Lloyd was having a drink in the in the outfield. <laughs> and He was drunk through this movie, wasn't he? He, he definitely was. I mean, he lo- Christopher Lloyd just looks perpetu- perpetually drunk. Yeah. And then you had the bat getting bashed from uh, Adrian Brody's character, right? He broke the bat on that on that hit. Yep. Or was that the catcher one? I couldn't remember which one it was. It was two, two hits. And then, oh, because Adrian Brody, sorry, that I misspoke. Adrian Brody was basically like a infield single or something, wasn't it? That, that was the one where a, the ball's batted the around. That's, that was the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah my bad. Yeah. A wrong, wrong, wrong situation. Then the catcher broke his bat. Then you had, I think, another catch of Matthew McConaughey going through the outfield wall. Basically, he should have broke his arm <laughs> going through that. I, mean, I can't even remember. There was but probably maybe one or two more. One or two more, maybe. Yeah, total? but these happen so quickly, and it's like it—it's just it's just not enough, not enough action and comedy, and, and too much of like it wasn't even tugging at the heartstrings. It was just like it happened. I don't know, just negativity, and these things happened. You asked me this before, and and maybe I don't know if you want to talk about this now or later, but how would this actually be covered? Yeah, by I mean, the media. That's like what. That that's what really, specifically. Yeah, that's what really got to me. So the first action of an angel was Matthew McConaughey makes an impossible catch where he basically does a double jump and it's clear that it's not a human maneuver that he did and they show it in the movie they show it on instant replay and then the the manager is like oh what did that feel like and what did he say he said oh it felt like someone lifted me up boss (laughs) so like imagine that clip running all over like sports center and all that or imagine it today in gift form, on Twitter, on Instagram, all the way through. It's like, how would they cover this t- today? Like, they would say, like, people would people would assume that baseball is fake, right? Or something. I would think that they thought he had some type of, like, prosthetic thing in his leg or whatever. <laughs> Does he have, like, a rocket pack in his... In he's, his got, he's either got, like, a jet pack like, this or would he's be- got... This would be a scandal. It would be. Yeah. I don't think people would would take this like, oh, isn't that awesome? He's he did a double jump. Like people would like. It's almost like if aliens came down, like we would dissect them right away and yeah, not like yeah. you know befriend them or, or like you know what. Else. It's like I feel like we would like lock up McConaughey and like figure out what's going on here. How did you do this? Like, are you cheating? Are you an alien? How He's do you have a double this, jump? He is like the cyberpunk like prosthetic. Yeah. Legs that yeah. have gaskets. Like in we them would, that jump. we as a society would not take kindly to a superhuman effort. We would, we would be afraid of it. Well, I mean, the nineteen infield errors thing is even more ridiculous because that—that's not just half a second. That was yeah. like a full two minutes of the ball just taking weird oh, bounces. Well, well that, I would think that would be Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp just talking about how the A's threw the game. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> Well, or or would, that's true. Or it'd be like that movie. I don't know. This is a deep, deep cut. Do you remember that movie with Sean Hunter when he's a prep school kid and he has to go to like yeah, the, the rim? The, the yes, the I don't know magnetic anyone, rim. Yes, yeah. Summertime switch. Summertime yes, switch. Summertime switch. Yes. Which is a fantastic movie that probably nobody's <laughs> ever seen. 
And the kid no, Drew, has, it's like this movie where it sucks, but you were you were 13 when it came out. And you it's loved it. so dumb and bad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a directed TV Disney movie or something. Yeah, it was a, it was a D- Disney original TV movie. Yeah. And in the ball, they the kid put these magnetic strips on the basketball so that he had like a remote control so that when the ball would hit the rim, he could basically tip the ball out of the rim. Yeah. That's what that would be, basically. That's a deep cut. I don't yep. know if anybody knows I about like that. that. Good, good call. Good pull. <laughs> That's a good one. Good pull. What do you think about Christopher Lloyd, right? So he's the head angel. He comes down from the heavens and he instantly just totally jumps in front of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, scares the hell out of him. Drew. Calls himself Al. and call got, me Al. I have thoughts. I have thoughts on Christopher Lloyd's character, Drew. What about him? Uh, aside from Christopher Lloyd, like the human possibly being drunk while filming this movie. <laughs> I, I don't have this based on fact. I'm just going on what I see on the screen. So that's what I'm going by. Christopher Lloyd's character is a questionable angel at best and an evil angel at worst and in all probability. Would you agree or disagree? <laughs> evil angel? Would it- <laughs> <laughs> Is he like? Is he a, basically a demon? Because isn't that what they are? I don't know, like, man. Demons? First of all, like this whole reason for being there is cheating. They're cheating. That's um, true. First and foremost, I mean, they are cheating. Like they're the good guys to the angels, but like, what if what if you're the White Sox or the Tigers or the A's? Yeah, it's kind of messed up. And right? it's like you're losing these games, and you're not supposed to be losing these games, man. They are cheating. They're messing with other teams' uh, victories. Well, l- let me ask you this: Are they? Are they helping enough in the game? Are they only showing us one play? And and does it become a thing where these guys are actually good and the angels are getting the most out of them? Like, I guess I'm not sure how to interpret the acts of the angels, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. So I think the movie is trying to tell you to, like, have faith. Not just religious faith, but, like, have faith your in yourself and your ability at all, you didn't need us all along. You could do it. Like somehow, if you cheat for sixty straight games, but we'll you have to win the championship on your own. So it's if okay. you happen to win the last one by yourself, it like it's fine. Like that's what that's what Christopher Lloyd's trying to get us to believe here. That's like cheating what do you think on about a that? test. That's like yeah. cheating on a test the entire school year and not cheating on the final. Yeah, like exactly. Oh, I didn't cheat on the end. You know, I, I did it on my own. Exactly. It's like, but I don't know how much these guys were actually good. Like, were they just on such a loser team Maybe that they, they were, all kind of became yeah. losers? They were told they were losers by the coach, and they were playing poorly, and, you know... It didn't self, help them. Self-fulfilling prophecy. That's right? fair. That's fair. I mean, what would you say... So you say that Christopher Lord is evil here. Well, yeah, what, well... What not makes only, him evil? Not only the cheating, but... He's telling a little eight-year-old kid to don't tell any don't tell don't tell any adults keep a secret, which is total. You're creep not supposed move. to tell a kid keep, to keep a secret, Drew. That's a uh, creep move. What else? He's he oddly confided to the eight-year-old Joseph Gordon-Levitt that Tony Danza's character has six months to live. He has cancer. That's a <laughs> lot of burden to put on an eight-year-old, Drew. Dude, did he have to tell him that? It's it's it wasn't necessary. It was absolutely unnecessary. <laughs> he's like, and they're in this game, and he's like, oh, and the way that he approaches, he's like, he's gonna be one of us soon. He's <laughs> like, what? And he said he said it with like a creepy smile on his face too, man. Don't worry, he'll be yeah. a great one. Yep. It's like he's dying. Yeah, like I get that they're trying to basically say maybe the message in '94 was, don't worry, even after you die, there's something else, yeah. but. 
that kid did not need to hear that. His dad left him. Yeah. He, he didn't have a father. Like he's going through Nell's favorite player is about to die. He's going through these hardships. He yeah. just like basically created a relationship with Mel Clark. And he's like, oh, he's got six months to live. Oh, he was a smoker though. So like, and he said, bad. he said it so matter of factly to him too. The kid, like he's, you know, obviously he has, uh, you know, has a relationship with death with his mother dying. Yeah. So it's like, this kid doesn't need this on his brain right now. It was messed up, man. It was messed up. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess there was foreshadowing you, with Tony Zanza coughing the if whole you're time. The, and if you're the kid, you have this crisis of, do I tell him? After the game, do I tell him? Well, he do couldn't I, keep a secret about the Angels. You yeah. know he's going to tell him. Yeah, do I, because, do I tell him that he has six months to live? Maybe you know, maybe he can save his life. I don't know. So the whole, the whole time in the movie, right, Christopher Lloyd's character, Al, is telling him, don't tell anybody about us. Don't tell anyone. And all he does immediately after hearing that is, hey, there's an angel here. He creates the sign where the whole stadium <laughs> yeah. is flapping their wings. And yeah, but they the don't whole know. thing with, but the thing with Christopher Lloyd that was weird was he was like, you know, if you tell them, if you tell people about us, we're not going to come anymore, which sounds like a total creep thing yeah. to say, yeah, first off. If it was up to me, I think we'd put him through the villain scale. This sounds like so. eight millimeter, man. I don't know. It sounds like a little weird here. Yeah. It's really gross, yeah. in my opinion, when you really think about it. I mean, we could. You want to put him through the villain yeah, scale? Might you as could. well. I mean, we had a dud right. the first time. Let's see. Let's see how he compares to Ranch Wilder here. What? What about? Okay, so let's. Are you talking about him? Christopher Lloyd Al is on yes. the villain scale. Yeah, here. yeah, the true villain of the movie. All right. What, what about his his look? Well, he's got the long hair. He could he could make a ponytail. <laughs> he could. could. Could I he? could right now. Too, am, here, I, am I misremembering or did he have like long? It was bush, bushy hair in the back. It was shorter. It, shorter? it was bushy. Okay. I think no, I have no ponytail hair than him right now. All right. He stole the hat though. He stole the hat. He did. He stole the hat from the from the umpire. Give him a two. Give him, you a, give two. him a two. Two two because he stole the hat and he looks drunk. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's better on the scale if he's drunker, right? So the drunker yeah, he the, is, the higher the, the score is. The drunker you are, the 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 bigger the villain. Yeah, the bigger the villain. Yes, I'll go with two as well because yeah. he had that squeaky white shirt. Like he was clean. Talk about being clean. <laughs> yeah, he was squeaky clean, and he he was very clean. He was dead too. Oh so. yeah, so so clean he was dead. What about his hideout or lair? I don't uh, know that we ever heaven? even saw it. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> or hell maybe, or maybe hell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be either. Uh, I'm, I'm going to one because they in, don't show in it. In the souls of all the Angels players. Yeah, well, that's Which true. is very ominous. He went into that guy's body. Yeah. He, we don't have abilities on here, but he, he no. definitely had abilities. All right, I'm going to give him two. You're going two? going to give him a two. I, I'm going one because they didn't show anything. I'm going to assume he's in everyone's soul. What about his plan? Now, we could probably make up a plan here about what he was actually what was trying his, to do. Yeah, what was his, like, total plan? Like, was he trying? So, like... Clark was has six months to live, right? Yeah. What if they wanted him a little early? That's true. So like his his plan was him to like to like die on the mound throwing 160 <laughs> pitches. So so he tells the kid don't take him out because it's his last game. <laughs> he accelerated the trying death. To, he's trying to get the 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 uh the aid to the demon angel early. <laughs> so so accelerate the death. <laughs> What, who are the, like, who's the, um, I'm not, again, I don't know much about baseball, but who's the White Sox, like, biggest rival? Is there a White Sox, like, rivalry? I don't even because, know. Like, probably, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the Detroit, maybe? What if he hated the White Sox and he just, he didn't care about the Angels or the kid and he just wanted to, like, have the White Sox miss yeah. the, miss the World yeah. Series? Maybe he just hated, maybe he just hated the White Sox, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, he was probably doing, I think there's something nefarious going on here. I think his plan 
maybe he's going to take over these these souls here. I think I'm going three on his plan, even though it doesn't really exist. I'm going three. What's your score for the plan? I'll go three. So yeah. I think he was trying to get mail early. And what about his henchman? He had some muscle here. I mean, he had, he had a lot of muscle. I mean, if the goal was Six to angels? throw baseball games, I mean, it happened. <laughs> what are you so, giving him? Give him a five. They, they, were, a they, five. Were, they were effective. And they got the job done. Five. <laughs> I'm going three. So let's see. So you had two, two, three, five. So you got, what is this, 12? And then I got, what is it, three, six? I got nine. I don't know. I had, so, an, I had an angel help me through math class all You had an angel, angel help you move your math. pen? <laughs> so he's definitely higher than Ranch Wilder, Van Wilder, yeah. Ranch so, Wilder. So yeah, new villain, new villain of the movie. The official villain of the movie. Yeah. So let, let's talk about maybe... Just the press conference because it's the turning point of the movie, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. The ridiculous press conference, Drew. The whole thing is that the angels are are coming into this, and and they're what are they helping the players? They're helping in it, and it's been a secret the whole time. And then Ranch Wilder, hard hitting journalism, he gets to the bottom of it because there's something's. He he says he's like something's going on something's here. Going they, on something's here. going on here. Like what could be going on really <laughs> from somebody who doesn't. Well, Believe in angels. Well, Knox what could be going is on? making good managerial decisions, and it's not normal. But so something's really going know? on here. Like, something's he, going on. He knows to play a washed-up Mel Clark. Like yeah, that's not it's, like it's, nefarious. It's too odd. Why is he all of a sudden a good manager? Something's going on. <laughs> he maybe maybe his plan is higher <laughs> yeah. here. Maybe his tactics are higher because he's like nefariously trying to figure that out. But he he call they call a press conference because Ranch Wilder writes a hard-hitting story front page about how the little kid Joseph Gordon-Levitt's <laughs> friend told him that they were seeing angels yeah. based so, on hearsay from a five-year-old drew this is the definition a manager of, almost gets fired based on hearsay from a five-year-old this is the definition of what you call clickbait journalism yes it's it's you know hey a kid sees that there's angels helping the team like that would be laughed out of the, out yeah. of the newsroom this is not a real story and the, the owner took it completely seriously. And can you imagine a world where a guy gets fired for his religious beliefs? Oh, it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, unless he was doing something, like he didn't do anything per se. He didn't talk yeah. about it. It, and was, the, it was found out about him. And the whole like, I'm going to give you 24 hours and we're going to have a, we're going to have a press conference where you yeah. have to like, it was basically like a, what you, it was like a witch hunt. It was like, they're going to burn, it's like fighting whether or not they're going to burn him at the stake. You got to deny this. You got to deny it. So, so here, let me ask you this: Is this owner the this guy's the villain of the movie? The the <laughs> owner, the owner's the worst. He's too so inept. He, He's too inept to be a villain. So he didn't he didn't care about Knox punching his own player, and and basically fighting him on the mound. He didn't care about him punching Ranch Wilder in the face. Basically, the team spokesperson. Everybody wants to punch Ranch Wilder, but it didn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden. There's some hearsay story about possibly angels helping this team. We got to get out ahead of this. I'm giving you 24 hours. Make your decision. <laughs> like, what is that? Well, why, how, why do you, how is that possible? Well, why do you think the team's so bad? You know, they, they picked all those players. They picked a crappy manager. They, they put a disgruntled guy in the booth for public relations nightmares. Yeah, it's not a very well-run organization, Drew. I mean, if you own a team, and this is maybe a non, non-topic here, if you own a team, like he's just sitting in there reading the newspaper in the owner's like office, like yep. would you just hang out in the stadium all day if you owned a team? I think I would. Yeah, sure. It's your place. It's your stadium. But, but I think about it, like 
This odor, this is a worse odor than the odor of the Cleveland Indians that purposefully set, tried to sabotage the team. Do you want to move the team? To move the team to Miami. He's worse. He put together a worse situation than she did. <laughs> he did. This guy. He did. This guy's <laughs> And he's awful. trying to win. Well, and, and I thought, you know, Maggie, the true angel of the movie, she raised a good point because in this ridiculous scene, they're having this press conference and then she's like, excuse me, I want to say something. Like they pull her out of yeah, that room. Who are you? <laughs> You're a nice lady, lady, but would you please GTFO? You're not, <laughs> Let's get out of we here. don't know who you are. <laughs> she, she raises her hand. She's like, excuse me, I want to say something here. But she raises a good point because think about, you know, again, he's going to get kicked out for believing in angels, which aren't specific to any religion per se, right? It's a faith type of thing. But then you've got, she says it, nobody gives any crap to anybody about, you know, doing the sign of the cross or whatever when they score a touchdown or ready to go pitch or something like yeah. that. I thought she brought up some good points there. Uh, valid statements. She was she was hitting people up with some, with some truth bombs there. Yep. But, you know, so I thought this press conference was ridiculous, but it, it turns the tide of the movie because... All of a sudden, they're like, okay, cool. I guess we're down with the angels. Everybody believes in it. Do you think people came away believing that it was true? Because Knox no. had this 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 soapbox speech about whether it's angels or faith or whatever, have, what have you. You got to believe yeah. in something. It, it should have been written off as, use the term angels loosely. It's a, it's a, it's a metaphor. This little kid, he's it's like a metaphor. six yeah. years old, yeah. said something, and they wrote a journalistic hit piece yeah. on it basically it was a hit piece it was a hit <laughs> it was piece like, and it and it almost got the manager fired ridiculous. <laughs> that's so, like that's too much power of the media too much power it's, it's ridiculous you know so so you know, sports journalism in general is is just out of control it's like i think that that's what happened in philly here with the eagles yeah. but you know i think th- so the movie happens the or the the pennant happens they have this game and the angels come and basically say hey, we're not showing up today you gotta win you it on your own you gotta win it on your own they trick mel clark into believing that there's a real angel he throws this pitch bailed it's, out by great defense by it's the like way. It, it's kind of like selling your soul to the devil it's like you know there's always a catch the was catch it, is it? the catch is you can't win it on your they can't win it with our help you need to win it on your own do you think own. they would have actually been able to win without the angels i don't think they could have no, if the angels didn't exist, they never would have been in first place. I don't they, think they, they never would have climbed the standings. So you know they win the game. Everybody goes nuts. Blah blah blah. And it's it's just it's just the the division, Drew. It's just that's, the division. So that's the other thing that I want to ask you about because we maybe we talked about this in episode forty one, but you know my stance on champagneing in 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 sports and celebrating yeah, too much champagne too much i have a tom brady stance on this kind of thing where <laughs> you know tom brady told somebody to to shut the f up and what are you what are you crying about after winning the nfc championship we didn't win anything yet is I agree. it unfair for me to say that baseball likes to celebrate over everything it's like they win <laughs> one out of 162 games and well, it's like champagne after every win well first of all drew i don't think you've ever sprayed champagne in a room in your life it's probably I mean, it's probably, probably one of the most fun things you could do. I haven't done it myself either, but <laughs> they probably they, it's an it's an excuse to do it because it's so Fair fun. Enough. It seems so fun, right? But but I maybe, agree. I agree with you in principle. I agree. Where so where is it appropriate to champagne? Give me the scenario of in baseball. baseball terms. Okay, where where in baseball? You, you would tell you me say if it. you think no. So because they the, do it after every yeah, round. You win the division, you champagne. That's a guarantee. 
I still think it's because I still think it's early premature it's a, celebration. It's 162. If you clinch your division at game like 155, you can champagne that night because it was a long season and you did it. You finally made it. You could breathe. Play your reserves the next day. That's, I'll allow that's, that's it. A, that's a champagne situation. I still think it's yeah. weak because you didn't win anything yeah. yet. If you win the wild card round, if you champagne your amateur. Yeah, but yeah. they all do it, don't yeah. they? That's they, they do. do it. If you sh- <laughs> if you champagne in the NLCS and ALCS championship rounds, that's okay in my book. You champagne. I still don't believe you don't, that. You don't champagne when you make it to the World Series. No, because you didn't win the World Series. Okay, Great, you got there and you a, lost. It's tough. You're a loser. It's a hard seven game, seven game series. It's hard. It's it's hard. But all you, right, how about Tom you Brady, man? You, you didn't win you don't, anything. How about this? What about the caveat? You don't champagne if you sweep. But you champagne if yeah. you win in seven games. Maybe in seven. All right, I'll allow right, that. You champagne in game seven only. <laughs> but so you know teams the, will be throwing game six on purpose so, so they can yeah. wait on game seven so they have the ability to champagne. I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon here either. <laughs> I just, I, I have the view that Tom Brady has where yeah. you didn't win yet. Like, yeah. don't do not do it early. Like, you're not going to, you didn't win yet, so you shouldn't celebrate. Like, I get uh, the idea of being happy about it. Going to the Super Bowl or going there, yeah, you should be yeah. happy about it. But yeah. you can't, champagneing is like, that is like a visible celebration. Yeah. It's it's like it's cocky celebration too. But I also think <laughs> what is it after winning what is it, the wild card round or the first yeah. round? Whatever, go to yeah. the NLCS or the ALCS, yeah. going to that game, yeah. the mid level champagne. Yeah. It's like such a it's such a subdued champagne. It's a low key champagne. <laughs> but it's like I said, it's it's so fun. It's like there's an excuse to do it. It's it's like such a subdued champagne where they're just kind of like sort of yeah. shaking the cups uh, and also a bonus champagneing is uh, a no hitter or a perfect game all right that but, i'm accepting that but since they don't have the champagne on ice because it's such a spant- like spontaneous beer, right? act it's a beer it's a beering yeah well that's as fun. long as it's as long as you get a couple get beers. a couple cases of bud shake them up spray them all over. that's fun that's allowable well, too see that's that's like that's even more rare than some of this other crap that yeah. they're champagning over. I get it. And I'm not trying to take away the feeling <laughs> of being in that game. Yeah. I just think you should maybe hold the champagne until you actually win something. That's yeah. all I'm saying. If, but if you're telling me you can only champagne one other time besides winning the World Series, I would make it clinching the division in the regular season. Fair enough. Because it's Fair hard. Enough. That's the hardest thing to do, I think. Fair enough. It's harder that's- to do that. Than, oddly enough, it's harder to do that than winning the playoffs, I think. Fair enough. So before we get out of here, I have a couple of random questions for you. Maybe you have some for me. The The first one I wanted to ask you was Danny Glover winds up adopting this kid. <laughs> it, it comes it comes true at the end, right? He adopts both of them. Yes. How long do you give it? Is it one losing season, maybe two losing seasons yeah. before he decides that this isn't <laughs> this whole dad thing isn't for him and he becomes of the all, deadbeat dad? In a movie of unrealistic things, is this the most unrealistic thing? I believe the angels more than I believe him yeah, adopting him the adopting these kids. Unless right? he's like a degenerate gambler, and he's <laughs> like he needs the fix of the win, Do you th- and yeah. he is their good luck charm. Does he have a wife? It's like I don't think he is. I think he was single. Is basically the way that it looked like. Yeah. So single dad, baseball so like, manager. What's he gonna do like during baseball season? Like I know, like you know, school is out. These kids are not of like stay home alone type. They're too young. Right. They're just going to come to the ballpark. Are they going to come to New York get, on the road trip? Are they going to come to Detroit on the road trip? You know what? David, man, he's, yeah. the, he's the babysitter. Yeah. Full 24-7. I'm <laughs> thinking, fired now. Yeah, but yeah, I'm thinking that he's thinking that that kid's going to see Angels next season. And he's got to have him. He's got to have him. He can't have some family adopt 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt and send him off to Albuquerque or something like that. You can't have it. <laughs> he's got. You can't. He's got to have him sitting right there in that seat, scoping angels. Most unrealistic thing of the whole movie to yeah. me is is that that and, piece. And when he realizes the angels aren't coming next year, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of tears. That's what I. He's going to be showing up in a motorcycle, Drew. He's going to be showing <laughs> up in a motorcycle. The second he trades that yeah. portion for the motorcycle yep. and then yep. the, the team bus, yep. the motorcycle's coming. Remember, remember how he used up Mel Clark and then uh, traded him away like garbage when he was all yeah. used up? Same thing here, man. One winning season and a couple yep. angels doesn't make you a good person here. He's going to trade him back to Maggie. That's all. He's going to trade him back to Maggie. I was thinking, Drew, like angels in the outfield. There's like a sequel that nobody knows about and nobody watched called Angels of the End Zone. Is this a football movie? Yeah, it's I guess. a football movie. Yeah, I didn't see it. I know it exists. I never saw it. It stars Christopher Lloyd and that's it. Was it a directed franchise. DVD or directed Yeah, it was one of those. Video yeah, directed video, Disney type piece of garbage. What, what else can there be angels in to like help us in our everyday lives? Did they like, make a soccer movie? I mean, are you talking non-sports? It could be sports. It could be everyday life. Like, I don't know. Angels, uh, like, could they're like, I don't know. I can't think of a snappy title, but like to like help parenting or there could be one to, I don't know, help your grandmother. I don't know. Angel, like angels. Just helping could, around the house. Helping around the angels in the bedroom, Drew. Like <laughs> <laughs> sometimes if you need a better performance, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, skip the, the drugs. Yeah. Skip the drugs. Save the yeah. marriage. See, yeah. it's like maybe the movie's about like a divorce that's happening yeah. or something like <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> and it's like the guy just or the yeah. guy or the girl just wishes upon a star, yeah. and it's like, yeah. oh, help me out. I just help me yeah. out. It's like, but like, here's the angels in the bedroom. You see, they don't. They'll just take you there, but they can't have you win the championship. So it's like, <laughs> if you're having trouble conceiving a child, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, they can't. No, they can't help they'll you. help. They they'll help you, so you practice. They'll help you practice. You know, but but when it comes game time, you so can't to speak, win the championship with so them. to speak. You know, they're not going to be there for you. This ain't angels in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll leave. We'll leave the people with that. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. What it, so if I asked you for just an overall rating of this movie, we'd sort of hit on in the beginning just to wrap this up so we can get out of here. What do you? Did you like it? Did you not like it? I don't know. I'm just thinking of the logistics of like where the angels would be in the bedroom. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know how they're like assisting the, the fly ball catches in the movie. Like what exactly are they doing in the bedroom, Drew? I can't to, I to assist. Can that. <laughs> no, the movie sucked. The movie sucked, Drew. The movie sucked and I liked watching it. Is, yeah. that what, is that what you want me to say? Because that's what I'm saying. Can, can you put that on the cover? This movie sucked and I liked watching it. <laughs> this movie sucked and I this movie sucked and I loved it. I fully, I fully because it. because I was eight years old when I saw it, and that was, it was a great time. Put that on the DVD case, man. <laughs> I I feel the same way. Like yeah. I enjoyed watching it, but it was not good, and I probably won't watch it for a long time again. No, I'll never see it again. It's, it's yeah, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> oh I said I said God. that about Street Fighter too. And yeah. I, also, I think I also said that about the day after tomorrow. So we're, we're on a good, pretty good streak here. We're on a good streak here. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing next, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see if it can hold up. I'll tell you, we're picking the right movies because that's that's the way it should be. Well, thanks to everybody that's been tuning in. You know, we've actually had a consistent release schedule here every two yeah, weeks. Yeah, we're we'll doing be back. it. We'll be back again next Thursday with uh, our next movie on April 22nd. Thanks to everybody that left an Apple podcast review. There yeah, was two new reviews two this new week. Reviews. Really appreciate everybody that's taken the time to actually go and do that. If you haven't and you're enjoying the show, head out to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, 
say a few words about the show. We'll give you guys a shout out. Thanks to, to again to the folks that did that this week. If you want to send us an email, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, thelastrowpodcast.com. Go check out all of our old back catalog. Episode 41 was Rookie of the Year. We'll put a link in the show notes. Tweet us at The Last Row Pod. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Last Row Pod. And we're using Instagram a bit more these days. Instagram.com slash The Last Row Pod at The Last Row Pod there too. Wherever you want to find us. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. I don't know, Drew. I'm just like picturing like, you know, like the thrust <laughs> is like the, the angel is behind you. He thrusts, with the cre- which, which makes you thrust. <laughs> with the creepy smile, too? Because No, it's all business. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they do have creepy smiles. On the didn't baseball they field. have the creepy smile like they're waving yeah. to the person? Yeah. Like who, but who sees it? Do you see the angel? Or is it like the other person that, that sees the angels for you? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't see them. <laughs>